Who me? Nah, 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 nah. That's that Gatorade, dude. Trying oh, to hydrate. Man. Oh man, I'm 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 flashbacking over here, man. I thought I saw a forty bottle, bro. <laughs> do they man, still sell the way, 40s that forty? Yeah, man. Of course they do. My first drink I ever had came out of a forty. It was a Saint Ides. Mom man, look here, bro. Hey, when the world ends, ain't gonna be nothing left but forties and cockroaches. <laughs> Hey man, they're they gonna, gonna be drinking selling. those 40s. Yeah, man, they never gonna stop selling uh 40s, man. Oldies, St. Eyes, Mickey's. Dude, that was like my drink back in the day. That was like 40s. Have you ever put a like a St. Ides on like ice? Oh yeah. Dude, That's dude. Heaven, man. <laughs> I used to fuck with that shit. Is is it St. Eyes or St. I- St. Ides? St. Ides. 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 That itis, that ides. Man, I used to do that in that Mag Dog 2020, bro. See, it was a see, fucking party. See, now you're tripping. I put your wood in the nah, that, right there, man. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. It was <laughs> a fucking party. Ain't no way, man. I tell you, my drink of choice when I'm trying to get there is either Four Loco or Camo. That's my, I mean, like, when you're trying to just, it, you know, yeah, you, 29, I I've changed. 30. Yeah, trying, I've changed my drink. Small talk. <laughs> you trying to get there. <laughs> straight to business, man. Ain't got no time for questions. We're going straight to business. Yeah. Nah, but you know, my drink, my drink of choice have changed as you know I've I've gotten older. I mean, I was just like, I remember that was my first drink. That and uh I don't know if y'all remember people would like get Zimas and put like Jolly Ranchers in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck did that? A Zima yeah, with Jolly bro. Rancher in it. Yeah, everybody. dude, everybody did Zimas and Jolly everybody Ranchers, did. dog. I think Zimas I think Zimas wouldn't. I don't think they were uh, popular by the time I got to the time of drinking. I like I said, I started drinking what 20, 20 years old. That was my first. That's when you started drinking. Drink. Oh shit! I was like sixteen. The first drink I had. Nah, first drink was yeah, with my brother on New right. Year's, and then uh, my next drink was with DJ. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that was my next and after drink. After that, the rest of it was a blur. It was all a blur. <laughs> History. It's all a blur. <laughs> shit. Now, yeah, nowadays, well, not nowadays, but. A few months ago, it wasn't nothing. I wouldn't turn down nothing but my collar. You whiskey? Oh, yes. Give me two of them. Please. Mm. Thank you. Bottles, that is. Bottles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah talk about turning it up, man. Woo. Yo, shit. That shit didn't do nothing but make me turn down, go to sleep, or, or talk slick. It was the damn tequila that did it. Oh, man. Tequila's... 
Dude, I'll tell you what. You know when people have those conversations like, I can't even remember. I don't even remember. I got so drunk. I don't remember that, man. I'm like, you full of shit. You know exactly what fucking happened. I will say You this. ain't never been that drunk before? Uh, only on tequila. Tequila. Then, then you the know what I'm talking drink. about. Yeah. Te- but I didn't get that way for a long time because I didn't drink tequila. Nah. My boss, like when I was 24, 25, he was like, hey, I'm going to buy your drinks all night long, but you got to drink what I buy. And I'm like, oh, fuck, bet. Let's do this. Challenge accepted, dog. You don't know what you just signed up for. And I didn't because that is, I'm telling you what, tequila is something where I was always like, man, I, I always tell people that it was faking. Nah, man, you remember what happened. It wasn't one time I got drunk where I was like, I didn't remember it until I started drinking tequila. You weren't having fun. You weren't oh, drinking man, tequila. I don't remember. You weren't there. You weren't there yet, bro. The first time I did it, I had like 37 missed phone calls, 27 text messages. Please pull over. Stop, stop. Dude, I stopped at like six McDonald's. <laughs> what? Hey, I stopped at six McDonald's from Metcalf all the way to Lee Summit. I took one bite out of a cheeseburger, threw it on the ground, <laughs> stopped at another one, got a drink, threw it on the ground. In my car, not on the ground, sorry, on my floorboard. I woke up the next day. I had like fucking nine drinks, six cheeseburgers, one bite. And I was like, I'm starving. (laughs) I I almost drove my car. So I lived in an apartment complex. I almost drove my car into the swimming pool. I missed the swimming pool by like three feet. I drove over the bush. I think I remember this story. Oh, dude, it was terrible. The Lee Summit Police Department came and knocked on my door and was like, Mr. Davis, I need you to move your car. And I was like, I went in. I was like, nah. I said, I don't have my car. I my roommate brought it. He's like, well, is he home? I was like, I thought he stayed at his girlfriend's house last night. He goes, do you have a spare set? I'm going to need you to move your car. And I went downstairs and I ran over my downstairs patio, my neighbor's patio furniture. And I was three inches from driving through her sliding glass door. Jeez, man. <laughs> that was the first time I drank tequila. <laughs> yeah. It was a party. I I remember a party in uh drinking Jaeger. Mm, good good party. Yeah, it was, I, it, was leave, it was leave, it was leaving your house. And I tell you what, hey man, when you talk <laughs> about waking up in Narnia, hey bro, I was there. I was like, man, where am I at? I, I was literally worried. <clears throat> you should have been, bro. You should have you, you're, you're not a friend when you let a motherfucker that was that drunk walk out of your front door. And you well, do when this I like tell this. you, you can't you leave. Go, Bye. That's not how that happened. That's <laughs> that, that ain't how that happened. My friend that is six, three, six, four, 280 pounds at the time told me, get the fuck off me. I'll do what I want. I'm a grown fucking man. I said, cool. All right. You're right. That sounds about right right there. Yeah, he was right. He was like, I could drive. And then his, his next words were, I said, dude, what if you wreck your car? He looked at me and pointed, poked me in my chest. He goes, they going to die. I hate anybody in this motherfucking tank. They go die. And I was like, all right. You win. Hey, I, I think that those were probably, I had, I had two of the worst drunk nights ever at your house in your basement. You can't say, you can't say worst nights because those shit was fun. It, it was until, you, you know how you know you drunk? Like you so drunk that like, you know you you hit that moment to where you just like, damn, I fucked up, and then you leave your body. You know you're gone. All control is gone. I've done that twice at Nick's house, um, and it was once it was caused when the chick asked me, she asked me this. I think we ordered some, um, I was drinking a wild turkey in your backyard, and she said, oh, your wife must be white. 
I do remember that. That was a very oh, awkward dude. Aaron She's... was in on this bitch, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, yeah, she set me all the way up. I think I don't think she'll ever talk to another man in her life. Yeah, I mean. Oh, she's she's we're probably doing them a favor. <laughs> oh yeah, we are. We're doing. Them I don't a think favor, she'll man. ever do that shit again, man. That shit was incredible. You I will say it. that night that you were drinking Jaeger at my house, I knew we were fucked up because I had a fry daddy. And we tried to deep fry everything I had in the fridge. <laughs> That's how I knew we was fucked up. Cause I woke up and I was looking around. I was like, where the fuck? Why is all this shit out? And my deep fryer sitting there. There's all kinds of shit in that grease. I was like, what in the <laughs> fuck? We were like deep frying patio burritos, cheese, potato chips. Like we were fucked up. Hey man. I, Hey, <laughs> it's, it's, just think about the stories that we have. Like the first time I got drunk with this dude, Dre, uh, we stayed out till five o'clock in the damn morning. And, and <laughs> I mean, it came, it was sunlight <laughs> when was, we got home. It, it went by that fast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember, hey, first rounds on me. That's the last thing yeah, I remember. That, that's it, man. That's, that's it. And we had a ball, but you know, when you think about this right here, the aspect of these locker room stories we got here, fellas, uh, brings up the, the the thought of sports, man. Look look at what kind of stories that we uh, bring up, from drinking to kicking it to the camaraderie that we have. Man, sports has played an intricate role in all of our lives, man. I wish DJ was on here so he can give his aspect, but he's out there enjoying his Father's Day. So shout out to DJ. Yeah, Father's uh, Day. Happy Father's Day to you guys. There, yeah. 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 Shout out to all the fathers out there, man. I'm Happy. a I'm a dog. I'm a dog father. I'm the pappy. I'm that baby's pappy. <laughs> I'm that daddy's baby. All right, whatever he said. Hey, well, hey, you hey, been drinking? <laughs> no, hey, I'm that smoking. baby's baby. Let me let me say this too. All all the single women out there, hey, sit down. Okay. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a single mother, sit down. Oh, you talking <laughs> about the ones that sit up the same time the mama Father's and Day the daddy. And Mother's Day. Sit down. Yeah. It's not your day. <laughs> we, going in, we going into Kevin Samuels territory right there because he'll go off on him, boy. I tell you that. Ooh. Nick, if you've never checked out Kevin Samuels, check him out, man. He's something else. He's hard on the women, man. He's hard on the women. I have to look so, him up. Yeah, he's a, he's a funny cat. So, yeah. No chill, but, man. <laughs> hey, zero filters either. I like that. I, I love the zero filter because I have zero filter. Yeah. And this is this guy. I mean, if if I didn't have a lot of people looking at me, usually I don't care, but I try to be some somewhat respectable. And sometimes I usually I, I kind of hold my tongue on some stuff. But if hold, if hold if on. what what do you, you say you don't mind when people look at you? Can you please? Um, <laughs> can, you, can you? I don't care what people think about understand. me. See, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna pull out my trump card on that. On I me, strictly. Yeah, dog. You care? I don't. You made me leave my groceries in a basket because you were upset with what happened with you one time, and that I was, felt that wasn't. I felt like was, a child, like I was a grown man about to pay for my bills, and you were like, "Hey, put that shit down." I was like, "What? Why? Okay, put so it back. Was, we ain't buying shit was, from here." That was a racist moment. I just moved into a new town that's full of racist people. Uh, and and before y'all get out all, all wild about uh, racism, uh, chill out. We're not. We're not. We. I'm not going there tonight. I'm just simply saying that this is what happened. We went to a grocery store, and she. I got carded. 
she didn't card the white dude that was in front of me that looked younger than me, right? Not only did she card me, I showed her my uh no, didn't I did I did not yeah, show her? Yeah, you showed my her, ID. you showed her your ID. I showed her my ID and she told me to pull it out. Take your oh. mask down. No, she told you to you take, know, your take mask. my mask down. I said, We yeah. were in the middle of a pandemic, bro. And you gonna tell me to take my mask down? You know what I'm saying? I said, You didn't ask him for ID, you didn't ask him to take his mask down. So why the fuck you think I'm gonna do that? So he they gets the manager and then they're gonna tell me some shit like, Well, how you think we're gonna identify you if you don't take your mask down? And I snapped. I had I had a moment and we ended up leaving a bunch of groceries in the middle of the aisle and they had to deal with it. So story's over. So that's not a feeling. That's what people do to you. So uh, back on topic, we're talking about the aspect of sports. So if you didn't know, this is the Mondays over Friday show. We are conversating on sports with my man Dre in the house tonight. What's up with you, brother? What's good, baby? You know, it's Father's Day, man. I'm chilling. Or pre-fathers there, I should say. That's what's up. We got my man, the one and only, Dirk Diggler, <coughs> Nick Davis in the house. That's right. What's good, y'all? Uh, I like that Dirk Diggler, man. Dirk Diggler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with something quick, 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 fast in my head real quick. And it's that was funny the only thing you that said came that up. because uh, today I helped a gentleman out today. And I'm going to say his real name because it sounds fake as fuck, and we talked about it. I was like, Mr. Long, you have a pretty uh, famous name. His real name, I swear to God, is Dallas Long. <laughs> if that ain't a porn star name, I don't know what is. That and might be the first thing he said when I said, I said, hey, I just want to let you know you have a very professional name. He goes, yeah, it is very porn starish. And I was like, well, I didn't want to say it like that, but yeah. And he was like, yeah, and I did fuck Debbie. <laughs> I was like, holy shit this guy's awesome <laughs> and i was like the guy that was with me didn't get it and i'm like you never saw debbie does wow. dallas yeah and his name's dallas long hey man badass shout out dallas long shout out yeah. dallas long and he said debbie does dallas have you ever watched that? he I said no that. i yeah. did fuck debbie i would own that man debbie i would debbie. own that name brother that yeah. was awesome i couldn't i couldn't watch that show very long i'm not into no Ain't Debbie the one that got all them extra extra packaging, you know, on the button of boobs and she didn't been plastered? No, like I thought she was up. just the girl just getting fucking railed by about 380 people in Texas. <laughs> like they just rolled on in and they were just a line of dudes dicking her down. Hey man, you know what? We're gonna start this goddamn show. We gonna start uh and, and, and go ahead and go. So we're gonna add these to the snippet and bippets and uh go from there, but Hey, All right, man. do over, do over. No, we don't need to do over. I'm, I'm not editing I'm shit. Playing. This is the, this is the last show. It's the last show, man. Let's the go. season. We're gonna have some fun, man. We're talking. I mean, <clears throat> we come in with an idea of what we're gonna talk about, and now I'm getting into my uh, uh radio voice. Now we're getting to the part of the topic of the show. Uh, Mr. No. Dallas Long, go ahead. I'm gonna take that motherfucking name, Dallas Long. That's a dope That's my name. New host I told name. you, Dallas Long. Keep sounds, on the DL. sounds like a guy who played football or sports, some, some kind of sports Long. or something like that. Dallas crossed over, crossed over the porn. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, hey, <clears throat> tell me about a time. Uh, fuck that. What has sports done for you? What has sports done for all of us? What is something? Tell, tell us about some, some of the things that made sports relevant in your life. Anybody? Uh culture man it's brought culture think about like how we grew up man and <clears throat> bullshit and racism going on in the world today that everybody likes to focus on and point out 
I mean, my my family, which I consider you guys family, Aaron, you know this. We've been saying this for years. You and DJ, I mean, it's really helped us with our culture and, you know, growing up in diverse backgrounds, seeing you guys and what goes on and, like, getting past that to where we're brothers. Like, and yeah. I mean that. And I, I, I know you know when I say that, we family, you, you, you know I mean it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, yeah. It, it breaks down barriers, man. It, uh, it's a barrier breaker. It really is, man. And building that relationship, you get all the fake shit out in the world because you're in there. You're going through things with everybody. You're doing the same shit everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, it's, Asian. It's, it's a little too early before you for you to start getting emotional and shit. But that's real. You, no, that's just real talk. Twice. That's because I'm thirsty. <laughs> no. But for real though, if you think about it, man, like some of the best people I ever met were through sports. I mean, God, I met you when I was 13. Yeah. I, I might have been 12. <clears throat> I mean, how old are you now? 42. 42. I'm gonna be 40 this year. And I met you when I was 13 years old. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, but you made that sound all extra pedophilish and shit. I mean, how you gonna? You mean y'all didn't catch that? You ain't just gonna, you nah, gonna man. keep going with it, huh? I mean, you're the one with uh, balls you, in the you background by I your was mouth. And Thirteen face years. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't I mean, worry about the don't worry about the balls around. Got my that head, tennis man. ball. You got the small balls right by your mouth. That's weird. <laughs> Put a big ball by your mouth. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, now you need a bite size, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you need a little ping pong ball close. I'm hating on the balls around my head, man. Shit, my ballzinis. At, at least they're shaved and they're clean. God damn it, they are clean. <laughs> these are but these are Botox balls. Why yes, I suck those balls. You know, hey folks, we sit up and we crack jokes, man. This is stuff that we've been doing all our lives, and it's a result of sports. It's a, it's a, it's a result yeah. of us being in that locker room and and changing and changing dynamics that's going on in our world. If you look at sports, man, I grew up in a community where the only racism that I really, well, not out, it's just different than independence, but the only racism that I've ever really wholeheartedly experienced was from police. I never had issues with anybody else in, in our community, white, uh, Chinese, or whatever the case may be. The only, huh? Okay, you got it, you got it. Yeah, so that was the only time I've ever <clears throat> had any kind of racial problems. But when I got into sports, I got a I got a kind of a culture shock to where it was a little bit of everybody. And we all had the, the, the common goal. We didn't care about color. We didn't care about anything unless we went out to the club and then we, we kind of saw what our friends' preference in women were. But, uh, you know, other than other than that, man, sports has been intricate in my life, man. It, I've met some of the best people in, in the world. Uh, some of my best friends, as a matter of fact, all of them, they're all my friends have, have been in some aspect of sports and it's changed <clears throat> everything about me, how I, how I uh, move and operate in life, how I handle people, uh, sometimes a little bit more aggressive than I should, but it's important that we keep sports and keep the traditions that we have. So let's talk about that. How has sports changed over the years based, you know, from when you were younger to now? What, is, what are some of the things that y'all have seen that changed and what do you like about it? What do you don't? Well, before, before I jump on that, man, um, I want to put my little tidbit in on what you were saying. Dude, I know for me, sports brought some calm to my life. 
Some yeah, calm? I know some calm, yeah. And, okay. and, you know, when we think of sports, you know, first ones we think of, you know, football, basketball, we think of aggression, you know, people hitting, getting hit. But it brought calm to my life because, you know, I, I grew up in and out of the hood, man. And, you know, we all seen our share of that. But um, it gave me some something to focus on. Yeah. Um, and even I think as a coach now, I think about our schools, our principals, they're, they're not for uh, athletics, man. They're all about academics. But we know that if we were not to be <laughs> at that school, man, those kids would burn that damn school down. Damn, what kind of school are you teaching at? I mean... Man, look, these kids are privileged, though. You know what I'm saying? This is not uh, even in okay. the hood. This is a, you know, these kids, man, they talk to the teachers any kind of way, but when we step in the room, there's a certain amount of respect right. that, we come, you know, that we come in with. Yeah. And... I think it's a result of that, you know, we're, we're able to, we're much more focused when it comes to getting things done, right? We don't beat around the bush. And that's kind of what I got, you know, going into my life um, was that focus, that drive, that perseverance, all yeah. those things came through sports. Right. And it's, to me, it's, it's, it's more than, it's more than a game. Nick, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's, yeah. it's more, no, no, it's, no. It's, it's more than a game. And some yes. of the things you talked about when you walk into a room, you command respect. Um, I had some, I, this week I've been doing football camps and it's been a while since I left Austin. It's been what, almost four and a half years now since I left Austin maybe. Yeah. And you know, me coaching was my life, my bread and butter. <clears throat> I just now got started back into coaching down here and man, the difference in just three or four years in athlete, in, in athletes, these kids are, we have to joystick everything they do. And if people don't understand what joystick means, pick up your controller and play Madden. That's what it means. You have to control everything that these kids do. And the reason that is, is because kids don't get outside and play no more. We learned everything outside. Go ahead, Nick. I saw you go about to say something. No, I, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. Like these kids nowadays, like we, I got better because I played with everybody. Like I was playing with grown fucking men when I was 12 playing tackle football, you know, now it's like, oh, age group, you know, it's like, nah, bro, we went out and we banged. You were 12. Right. I was playing against 34-year-old grown men trying to lay the fucking wood. But I, <clears throat> what I'll say, like, for me, what sports has done for me, I wasn't a very good student, and that was a struggle for me, but I excelled in sports. I felt it was nice to hear people – all day long at school, I would hear, oh, he's slow at this. He can't read. He can't do this and blah, 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 you know. And oh, I, which is true. It is 100%. But it's always nice to hear, like, when I go out, I took pride in being better than everybody else because that was what lifted me up, and that's what got me through is, like, I was good at it. like Right. Like, really good at certain sports. And being good made me feel better as a person, and it kind of – it was my release to love. On, on reality and even to this day right now like almost being 40 and we've talked about this in prior episodes is the transition of getting older and not being able to do what we used to do you know still to this day ath athletics and sports like i play soccer and all that it's it's still a big part of my life and what i do and how i cope with with things in my everyday life i know that for an hour and 15 minutes i'm gonna go play soccer and that's all I'm doing is playing soccer. I'm not worrying about bills and this and that. It's uh, a release on reality. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, Dre, let me say something real quick, bro. You look like you just got it. You just getting ready for the uh the, the NFL draft. You sitting on there waiting for the commenter to come on there and talk to you, bro. You you you, you <laughs> this bro, he got the headphones set up, the mic in his face. I was waiting for him to say this. Hey, just want to get Todd, 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 Todd. Let me talk about this. Todd. <laughs> yeah, hey, looking up here no, like you about know, to be just, a draft pick. We just want to come out and compete. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, nah, he's, he's real when, though, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Yo, I was gonna say, don't you hate when coaches talk and that coaching talk? Man. You know what I mean? That drives nah, me man. nuts, man. It don't drive uh, you nuts. No, it kind of makes you feel young again. You know, like listen to you guys. I haven't coached um like you guys do. Um, I've always said when I can't play anymore is when I want to kind of transition into that. Cause I still want to be around the game. I think I have a lot to give to kids uh, knowledge wise and just being real, just being real. Cause you, like you guys said, you have to teach kids everything. You have to control everything. You know, I'm not ready for that yet, but I know at some point I will transition to a, a coaching aspect. Cause I want to be around the game. I, I love it. I mean, football, baseball, soccer. I suck at basketball, but I play it like, I'm not good at basketball at all. But that's funny because, Dre, I think I met you for the first time at the church basketball when we went to church on that men's that men's fellowship yeah. in Austin. I, mm-hmm. I met you playing sports. I met Aaron playing sports. I met DJ playing sports. And, you know, you, you build this bond with people, and that's what brings us together, sports. And that's yeah. that's the awesome thing about sports is, you know, you, you bond and – I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And then you build these relationships because of everything that we've gone through. And I mean, like I said, look at, I mean, look how long we've been friends, Aaron. It's crazy. And we met playing backyard football, which is sad that kids don't do that anymore. Thanksgiving, dude, you couldn't drive down the street and not see a football game. They were everywhere. Every, every Sunday we used to play every Sunday before the game start. Yeah. We we bang. Didn't matter whether it was, whether it was Game. sunny, whether it's snowing, we still played, man. Games at three, we play at noon. Games at noon, yep. we'll see you at three. Yep. Yep. They don't, That's how they it was. Don't, they don't do that anymore. And nope. here's a great example of this, man. We we were all week we've been doing football. <clears throat> so we did three days of uh, football related stuff, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Thursday rolls around. We're gonna do some <clears throat> semi-football stuff and and have fun. So we do this little drill where they kind of meet in the middle, uh, and they have you know flags on and you're basically got to fight to get each other's flag well one dude was like six he's 14 years old he's like six foot he's a big dude he's 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 up there looking me in the eye and then there's this little kid over here who was i mean he was a, he you can see he was very athletic he could play he could play sports very well he was over there shaking and crying like a leaf i mean he was he was shaking and crying and i'm like dude all y'all doing is grabbing flags and just the like you were talking about, Nick, you were out there with grown ass men. You might have had that Grown-ups. feeling. You might have had that feeling then. It didn't but once matter. You got that fir- it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. It, nope. it didn't matter. So as I was sitting there, y'all, I was sitting here like, man, look at look at the way things have changed. We took on challenges. Being outside in 110 degrees didn't mean nothing to us. As long as we nope. didn't, I mean, if we would have died outside, our mother would have killed us. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how <laughs> she didn't brought up. you back to kill you again. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How dare you die yeah. outside of my fucking front yard in my flower bed? What's wrong Put with that you? fucking hose Making in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Making me look bad. I ain't raised no pussy. Yeah, but man. That's, that's no resilience. Changed. 
Yeah, they have no resilience, brother. No resilience at all. And it, it's because they, they're not put outside. They're not put in those situations mm -hmm. to fail. And so a lot of these kids, they're afraid to fail, man. They don't know what to do if they fail. But is that's that, the is, thing. That's a learning process, though. You learn when you fail. It is, exactly. But, but they don't know that. that though. It's yeah. Because I think it's our fault as parents. And I'm going to put myself in there because I'm a parent who got who got some kids who kind of you know, one of them's about to leave home and I'm kind of like, damn, I didn't do enough to get her prepared for these things. And But and did you or did she not listen about it? I mean, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I think so. I think I've said this to you before. I think you're an over preparer. I mean, for God's sakes, your kids knew how to fucking break down a gun like Forrest Gump at the age of nine. OK, I don't think you really need to know how to handle an AR at nine, but whatever. Okay, they did. And like I said, I think you overprepared. Oh, and I would tell you that shit all the time. I'm like, damn, I, I personally would never think of that where you did. Like, no, nah, I want my kids to know this and that. And I'm like, it makes sense, though. Yeah. But uh, you knew that. You knew what you wanted them to know, though. Yeah. Right. Like, some of these parents, man, they go and have kids and like, oh, shit, I got a kid. Babies <laughs> now having what? babies. Babies having yeah, babies. You know, got no kind of plan, man. Like, you, you yeah. honestly, you got to have a plan when you have kids, man. Maybe yeah. maybe you didn't plan to have the kids, but once you have the kids, man, you gotta you gotta sit down and you know think this shit out, talk it out. You know what I mean? Man. Like, what, what am I gonna teach my kid? What do I want them to know? What do I don't want them to know? What do I want to? You know, there there's that healthy line of, of of you know protecting the kid, but also you don't want to shield them from everything either. So you know you gotta think all that stuff through. And that's why so, I think sports are is so important because we have yeah. we, we kind of we, we we're the bridge. We're the we're the gap in the bridge when it comes to think about it. Single moms coming in there, dropping off their kids. The kid ain't got no discipline. They got anger issues and this, that, and the other. And then they get a coach who's stern with them, who don't put up with no mess. Like the kid, hey, I want to participate, but I don't want to listen. Guess what you're gonna do? You're not gonna participate, but you're gonna sit there and watch everybody else participate until so you put that pads on. <clears throat> no, I'm just saying until until they get that love to 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 follow directions. Either he's gonna he's gonna say, man, I'm gonna do right so I can participate. Or I'm I'm gonna get in the car with my mama, and you know, coaches have I think we have the responsibility, and a lot of times you know dealing with certain kids you gotta you gotta check them or not or or get them out of the way. But as coaches, I think it's our job to to be that to be that disciplinarian when especially when you when you know the parents, and and say hey mama let me have this for a second if you if you can let me have this for a second, but we got a lot of parents who ain't willing to just say all right coach. I'll let you have them for a second because you're not going to tell my baby nothing. This, You know what I mean? We got a lot of those type of parents. And that's why we have a lot of these kids out here who are getting shot and gunned down in the streets. Because, again, on the coaches, you have that coach who, who will check a young man, instill discipline, and guide him and help him through. But then you got those coaches who are, uh, uh, like I'm listening to these uh, little league football forums, that just out there for the trophy. Fuck them kids. One person actually said, fuck them kids. And I said, man, or, yeah, go ahead. Or, I'm going to throw this out there too, or they're out there placating to the parents. Because we get that a lot. So, yeah. do you guys, do you guys, yeah. uh, back in the day, I don't know how you guys coach, because like, it's been a long time since I've coached. I only coached one year. <clears throat> but, do you guys still have those practices where parents can't be there? Leave your child. Oh. Let me deal with this. Absolutely. They're not because allowed to come. Yeah, I, I think that's when 
parents like, oh, no, you can't talk to my kid like that, blah, blah, blah. No, this is, I, this I, is the closed practice. I, I, don't, I don't mind either way um, because the expectations are there when you drop your kid off. When you drop your kid off, you're probably going to see one of mine. And guess what? Mine ain't out there dead, laid out uh, from dehydration. They ain't got no broken bones. They ain't bloody. My kids are in this training program, too. So guess what? I'm going to turn your kid, return your kid the way you brought him. He's going to be all right. I'm going to let you know I'm not going to baby your son or your daughter. I'm not going to put up with none of that shit. And if you don't, if, 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 I, th- if, you, if I think that I'm going to have to do that, here's your money back. And you can take your kid and go. But as long as your kid is here, this is the way we roll. So you can stay or go. And anytime you've got a problem with what I say to your kid, boom. It's just, just, it's just drawing a line and making expectations. Just too many of these coaches are scared to say anything to the parents because little Johnny John, he bad as hell. He can play some sports. I want him on my team. So he's willing to put up with that shit with the parents. I ain't going to put up with it. I'd rather go Owen forever than put up with You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I'm not going to do that. Because, I mean, I, I think our responsibility as coaches, man, is it goes far beyond sports. I think teaching the kid the techniques and the knowledge to play the sport, I think that's only, I think that's really the smaller part of the whole picture. I mean, we're, we're about building men, or if you teach, uh, you know, if you coach you know, girls, then you're about building women, but we're about building these kids up to become responsible young, you know, persons of character. Right. And that's really what it boils down to. We just do it through sports. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's everybody's coming at, together in common ground. Yeah, but you, you look at these athletes that out there, and I, I tell these kids all the time when we're out there, look, you guys are going to be the first ones they look at in the classroom. The athletes are going to be the first ones to get looked at when something goes down, yep. good or bad. They're the first ones to get looked at. So you have to conduct yourself in a manner uh, befitting of an athlete. And not only that, but you have to conduct yourself even better than the rest of the students in there. Right. It's a character thing. A lot of these kids don't grow up with uh, um, the daddies in the house to, to teach character. And, hey, um, I'm going to throw this one out there because I'm trying to get some ratings. I want to get some people listening. Can't no woman raise no man. I stepped away from the mic, though. I'm back. Can't no woman raise no man. And I say this uh, for many reasons. Um, women can raise men. There are certain things that they'll be missing when they get out there, though. So, mm-hmm. like um, balls. No, I, that I, some of that, but I also think that it, it's something about having a, a a man in the house that that yeah. gives discipline. Uh, I agree. To to their son, you don't placate to you, you. You're not trying to be their friend. You're trying to be their father. Yeah. And when you have <clears throat> situations where a kid might grow up in the hood. And they're single mama. They want to make sure that they always come to them when they have an issue. They want to talk to them like their friend. And when you do that to boys, um, um, I don't think it confuses them. I think it, I think it just um, makes them more feminine, have more fem- feminine qualities. Do you think that, uh, uh, <laughs> this is a sideboard, do you think that, that uh, men need to be in touch with their feminine side? <laughs> is there such thing as that? I think no, there's I, too many men in touch with their feminine side right now. What'd you say, Dre? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, no, mean, I think, seriously. I think, I think men need to be, uh, I think men need to be in, in aware of their emotions. Now, the problem is that people try to equate emotions with being a feminine trait. Cause it's not, it's not a feminine trait. 
because you get mm-hmm. pissed off. You get pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. You get sad about some things. Mm-hmm. We may not vocalize everything that we go through, but we go through feelings just like they do. Mm-hmm. And that's a stick. That's a stigma on there. You know that if a man is is if he's in touch with his emotions, then he's feeling like no. It's it's how you react to those emotions, man. Yeah. See all that goddamn uh, uh, degree intelligence coming out here on these mics. I was speaking of. Uh, uh, don't make me get ghetto on this motherfucking mic tonight, get ghetto man. On this mic. Look, I can get ghetto on this bitch too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Um, hey, look, I didn't look, mean we know how to cold switch now. What, say that again. I said we know how to cold switch now. You know that. <laughs> oh, that's 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 an easy thing, boy. That's 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 ingrained in us. But no, man. Just just the uh, uh, thought of looking at, looking at these athletes and then seeing. Uh, like you said, there's nothing wrong with having being in touch with your feelings, but there's something wrong with when I bump my arm on the chair, how I grew up and didn't cry about it because I knew I was going to be all right because of the things that I went through. I went, I was running outside, tripped over the curb, smashed my mouth open. My mama said, throw some water on it. That's how we grew up. You don't have those kids that have that dog in them uh, anymore. You don't have the mamas that we had back there anymore. So that's why I say, Nowadays, a woman can't raise a man. I meant to say, but that I also man. think I also think that women were different back in the day too. The of women course. were fucking tougher. Of like course. my mom was, my mom was like, she'll flex on your bitch ass if you talk back to her. Right. Like my mom was different. So <clears throat> yeah, it, I saw a meme today on Facebook, which was probably the coolest meme I've seen in a long time, and it just reminded me of being a child. One was a picture of a scraped knee. One was a picture of a, a water hose. The other one was a picture of a street light and the other one was a picture of grass and it said home base. That's like childhood. That. That's childhood right there. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. screams I, being I a kid, that. man. I do say. And yeah. it said like, if you had any of these four pictures in your childhood, that means you grew up right. Exactly. Nick, what time did you, did you, you didn't come in until it got dark, right? Uh, street lights, bro. Street, street lights, lights were on. Yep. Street lights, we could still be outside at dark. Street lights were on. You had to be within three houses of the street of our home, because we still played hide and go seek and shit. So like yeah. our mom, our mom was cool. So all right, but street lights on. You better be in yelling distance, or I'm fucking you up. This is how this is how I, I uh, knew to bring myself in. This is my mother's rule. There's one particular sound. I don't know if you noticed, Nick. I don't know if you schooled. I don't know if you seasoned on this one. There's the one particular sound in Kansas City when the sun starts going down in, in the summertime that is just so distinct. That was my mother's cue to tell us, hey, y'all need to start making y'all way home. You think you know what that sound is, Nick? Happens every night in the summertime. The, uh, uh, the cicadas. There you go. Yep. That yeah. sound right there in, in, in <laughs> yeah. Kansas City. Hey. Yeah, we had those. We yeah, had those in bro. Georgia too, man. I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? That sound around 5:30, 6 o'clock, they start kicking in. That was yeah. the time the street lights start buzzing up and down the street. And hey, that's when you check in. My mom's right. like, check in, and then you cool to go back out. Did you cool to go back out? Hey, man, I can't even get my kids to come out of the bedroom sometime, man. I got that's to cut crazy, off. Crazy, I got to cut off the internet. I have to threatening to take phones. I got to use uh, uh, belts and shoes and all this stuff, man. It's just, I don't get it, man. I don't you know get what, it. Man? Like, so look, bro, look, and that's, I, I don't have to do that here because I know, listen, my, my daughter, she's 17. She comes up here. She's up here right now. She drove up here from San Antonio. But um, when my son, when it's just me, my son and my wife here, 
we have him, he, he has two hours that he can uh, play on any kind of tech a day. He has to go outside. Well, you know, yeah. aside from training, because, you know, he gets his training in with me. But aside from that, you got to get your butt outside, man. You got two hours a day that you can spend it how you want to, but you got two hours. That's it. You the crazy thing is, man, like, Aaron, you know me. I'm always talking about, dude, I love gaming. I fucking love gaming. But I'm the first dude that if you say, hey, let's go throw the ball. Hey, there's a game breaking out. You know I'm fucking out this bitch like i'm out there but i love the game like you can love the game and get it in but you can yeah. also be outside and be a kid and be human man scrape well, see, your fucking they, knee break a window they gotta they gotta get taught that though man because kids are man if they like something they'll just run it they'll run it into the ground man but they got to get taught how to uh use their time wisely man that that's Dude, really what it is that's a skill my mom so used I to imagine. lock us outside my mom yeah. literally i'm not even fucking playing and that's I didn't have a did. house key. Yeah, I didn't have a house key till I was like fucking 16 years old. She was like, hey, you could just be outside until I get home from work. Like, what? <laughs> if you're thirsty, there's a hose. Like, that's how she was. That's how like, we grew up, yeah, man. That's it. But yeah. it's cool, figure though. But you know what? That made you figure things out, too, though. Because like you were talking earlier, man, we got to joystick these kids, though. Like, think about it, though. The reason why we got to joystick is because they can't problem solve themselves either. No, because right. everything's handed to him. Right. With sports, man, it teaches you how to problem solve, man. Okay, this dude right here, he's bigger, stronger, faster than me. How can I get around him? How can I get around this dude? Okay. You want to know he my answer? He tends to go do this. He tends to do this one thing every time. Okay, I got him now. Right? Yeah. Problem solved. These kids, man, they get they get smashed to the ground a couple times, man. It's a wrap, dude. That's it. You know what I used to do? First play of the game. I go find the biggest dude on the field and I fucking give him all the love I got. <laughs> I find the biggest dude out there and I will go hit you just to let you know, bitch, this ain't a game. I'll fuck you up. I witnessed this one time and it almost backfired on your ass. <laughs> it, it motherfucking really did. But did I ever stop doing it? No, this one, particular, this one well, particular time, bro, I thought the game was over. We was going to have to shoot this I did, too. <laughs> we was going to have to get this big motherfucker. I thought life was over for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker checked out permanently. <laughs> no, man, it's, it's it's crazy. After, you know, doing these camps and stuff with these kids, I just realized that I have to change my my uh, uh, coaching habits. I have to change some of the things that how I move when I coach because some of these kids, matter of fact, a lot of these kids, when I raise my voice, you could you could see it was almost like fear, like I, I've yeah I've never seen kids, um, um just back off like that. Now maybe that's a a district thing because I know I was you know going in these hood schools these kids as big as tall as I am and Man. they ain't backing down too much. But I don't know it maybe it's a difference in I, I know it's a difference in how the how. They're raised in, in 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 the environment that they're in, that they react to me like this as I, a coach. I agree with you on that, man, because I actually just listening to you, it made me think about um, my second year at the school I'm at now. Um, coming into the school year, I knew that I had to change my approach with how I communicated with the kids. The first year was effective, but I knew that I had to change some things as far as, you know, you can't be screaming at these kids nowadays, man, because one, they're taught to question everything, which isn't a bad thing, but you can question something and still be obedient. And that's that's the problem that we're facing now is the kids are taught to question things, but at the same time, they still want to be rebellious and everything. So right. 
Right. You want to know what sounds terrible? The, you know what the problem is with kids today? They have What's too that? many fucking rights. Back I in the day, yes. hey, back no, in the day you didn't have the right. This motherfucker said rights. He yeah. said options. Yeah. There's a big I difference. Options. Yeah, well, I Nick, options. Nah, <laughs> they do not they want had to have no any rights. rights. <laughs> nope. You, you keep sure you want to coach your again, fucking man? mouth shut until I tell you it's okay to talk. My dad would have fucked me up. You are not coaching any kids ever. No, nope. that's what because I'm saying. You must be sure too, you want to coach. Too soft. They're too soft, bro. No, I say I agree with the statement. Rights. I agree with that oh, statement, man, but I say options, though, not rights. Dad, you, because right. you had to change. Kids should not have, hey, you know what their options are? Nothing. You showed up, you keep your mouth shut, you do what you're fucking told until you start paying bills. When you start paying bills, then you have rights. It may be now, a, it, it, it may really be a good thing, Nick, that you were waiting to have kids because I think as you get older, I'm you, old school, man. If you would have heard him 10 years ago, you would have thought that this dude would need to be red flagged. So what yeah. you're saying now is calm. Kids shouldn't have rights. But back no. 10 years ago, bro, I, there's no way I would say this dude should be around kids. I, you need hey, to man. be jailed. Kids, and when I say rights, don't get me wrong, like, listen. You said what you meant. If, if, yeah, say what I, I said. My, you, Aaron, you knew my dad before he passed away. Yeah. My dad would have fucked me up. And I mean, closed <clears throat> fist at a certain age. Hey, you thought that was cool? Okay, here, pop. He'd have fucked my life up. And then, I'd have came back to reality. And then he would have said, hey, listen, grown men pay bills. You have no fucking rights. You go to school. You, I mean, That's it. That's your job. You go to Do you school. Think that you, approach is, you think that approach is, is. Correct for everybody? No. Do I think that approach gets lost, though? So I, I'm, I'm part of that, that group where they're like, you, don't, you shouldn't fear your parents. That's true to a certain extent. But. <laughs> Shit. You need to respect your parents. There's Hold a difference on. between respect Speaking and about fear. rights, that's a right we didn't have. Oh, that we we we. You're damn right. That's parents. what I'm saying. You we, we hey, had that's, to fear ours. But nowadays, like like uh, Dre was saying, you know, they're taught this, man. Hey, you know what we were taught? You keep your fucking mouth shut, or I'll beat your ass. You say that a lot. You, you didn't come. Hey, you didn't come to the dinner table and be like, oh, we're having pork chops today. Fuck that. I don't even like pork chops. My dad would have Spartan kicked me in the fucking chest if I'd have said some shit like that. Nowadays, kids are like, okay, well, let me get you something. What What do you want? It doesn't matter what the Nick, fuck you I, want. I, this I, is I, what I, we're I, after. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, knew, would you have said I, some shit to your dad hey, like bro, that? I knew. I knew I should have checked on him when he was a kid. I knew it, bro. I knew hey. he was going through some things because the shit that you said right now <laughs> makes me think yeah. I wasn't a good enough friend for you, bro. Bro, I mean, that, Jesus. That, hey, there was some history so, come behind on, those statements. <laughs> yeah, and it's all truth, though. You Would sure you they didn't treat you like Sling Blade? Huh? <laughs> Did they treat you like Carl Hargraves and make you sleep <laughs> hey. in the garage and eat French fried potatoes? I mean, <laughs> is that what they <laughs> did? Yeah, you in there. Mm -hmm. but, but seriously, think back. If you would have told your mom or dad that you didn't want to eat that, I want something different. I wouldn't hey. be here today. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, times are changing. Or, yeah, I'd be somebody's anorexic, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'd be fucking hella skinny. 
Yeah. And maybe that's why I am fat right now because I was like, man, fuck that. I ain't eating. I go up there. I wouldn't get to eat. He wasn't fucking lying. <laughs> you can eat cereal tomorrow when you wake the fuck up, but you ain't eating tonight. Well, hey, that went left because that sounds personal. But Nick, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to start to check though. on you every once in a while, man. But yo, since we know this about our kids nowadays, can you guys hear me? And did I yeah, you? yeah, you're good. You're uh, good. Since we know this about uh, our kids. <laughs> Uh, nowadays, what is the change as as coaches? What is the change in sports overall from the top? You down? have to give them their rights. No, you just have to. I mean, you have to deal with like kid gloves now. Like kids aren't mentally tough anymore. Like, let's be honest. No, no, no. You but my to... que- no, my question is, how do we get? My question should be, how do we get back to what we were with these kids nowadays? How do we get back to that, or can we? Is that a lost art? We can, man. We can. I do it every. I, I do it every day that I'm out there, man. And the reason I say that is because it, it's about the relationship that you build with the kids, man. Um, as bad as some of these kids are, like, look, let's be honest. We know some kids. You just gotta let them go, right? They just, they they too far out there. But for the most part, man, what I've seen is the kids, even the ones that's unruly, man, they like structure. And, you know, we say as coaches, man, sometimes we're the only structure that these kids have in their lives. So when they come to us, they know exactly what the expectations are, right? So they'll go home and they'll act a fool with their parents or their mom or whoever it is. They'll act a fool with them because they know they can get away with it. But when they come to us, they straight line, man. Yeah. They told, brother. They told the line. So um, I think that establishing that relationship and letting them know that we care about them and we can do that by being structured by, you know, taking them under our wings and really helping to develop them and care about them. I think, man, they can be changed because we do it all the time now. Hey, 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 Nick, I, I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I knew you were going to talk, but I, I just got to point something out. Hey, bro, are your legs crossed with these colorful socks on? So I came home from work and I didn't take my work socks off. And these are Dr. Seuss, one fish, red fish, two fish, blue fish. Okay, get I just I was I was just get wondering. Me, I thought you were sitting in Indian Step style with some damn game up. Hey, 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 man! I I got I got a side I got a good side game. Still got a good side game. I was just checking you out and seeing what was yeah. going on with you on Doctor Seuss. No, I was gonna say like what Dre said. Yeah, I do think we can get back there, but it's gonna be in small doses. We can't go yeah. ham like I I say this stuff. I know I can't talk to kids like this, but it's gonna have to be in small doses. They're gonna have to get. You're going to have to mentally train them. I mean, they're going to have to get used to discipline. And, like, I don't think there's enough tough love at homes anymore. Like like you said, oh, they fall down, they bump their knee. The first thing the mom wants to do is, oh, my God, my baby. First thing the dad does is what? Get the fuck up. Suck that shit up. And people that are going through that, single-parent homes and all that, I don't think they get all that as much. What is that? This is my daughter calling me. Hang on a second, fellas. Y'all go ahead. Keep talking. Keep talking. Hey, this is just part of the show. It's his go daughter ahead, calling man. to keep him in she's, check. She, what it she's is. pregnant, man. I got it. She, she's giving me updates, man. She, you know, is she is, in Florida, right? This is called fatherhood. She, she's in Florida? I think she's leaving next week, man. Oh, I, think I knew he said he was leaving the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think he said towards the end of the month. Shit, Dre, when are you gonna make it down to Arizona to go see him? Man, the plan was to go this this summer, man. But I'm, I was thinking about, I was like, man, why would I want to go there in the hottest part of the year? 
Uh, no, I do that every year. I always think like, so I'm, I'm I think I'm coming back down again in September. Okay. Uh, because I'm going to try to transfer down there with my job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I always say if I could fuck with the hottest part of the year, I could get down for the, the cool part of the year. So that's true, that's you true. can handle the worst weather. You, you can definitely handle the best weather. And that's what I've been trying to tell my girl about like, okay, yeah, yeah it ain't, it ain't fun in the summertime, but if you get past that, dude, it's beautiful the rest of the time. Yeah. I think if you're going down there in September, man, I might shoot for that, man. I, you know, yeah, I'm be, thinking about doing that last week. Is, uh, I think the 20th right in there. Yeah. I'll have to see because I was going to catch a baseball game. I was going to say, dude, if you should, you should do, you should come down there. That way we can all catch a game and shit. And yeah, I'm down for relax, that, man. man. Gotta give me time to, you know, recoup because we're going to Costa Rica next month. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's, Hell uh, yeah. That came up, man. One of my best friends, he's turning 40, man. So, See, I'm gonna be turning 40 this year, but I think uh it's hard to imagine you at, at 40 years old, Nick. That's that's incredible. I know. I'm I surprised you. you made it. Me fucking too. <laughs> hey, you know, well, wait there's a minute. people you that there like yet. to burn the candle at both ends. I used the blowtorch on both ends. I was like, let this bitch burn. Hey, that's how you enter back into an interrupted show. Oh, man. <laughs> Tell I tell everybody, I used to tell you all the time, though, but hold on, though. When I used to say that shit, be like, man, don't be saying that stuff, I still man. tell you that shit all the time, man. You got to speak I know, life but like yourself, I told man. you, like, fuck, I'm shocked. shocked <laughs> I really what, am. Just... Dude, I went hard as fuck. Dude, you sound, this sound like a drug addict. Oh, I was addicted to playing sports, man. My body's a wreck, dude. My body is a wreck. You used to say, play like you got another body in the closet. And I took that shit to heart. And then I turned 40 and I'm paying for that shit. Mm-hmm. Shit, I turned 27 and I was like, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey, 27, I was man. wrapped. Since y'all was talking about that, I, I think this kind of goes with what you asked earlier, uh, Aaron, about how do we get the kids back? Yeah. Right. They may not be as tough as we were, but how do we get them back on the right track? And I think, um, I think that has something to do with teaching them to enjoy the process. Right. We talk about the process all the time. Right now, they're they're so tip of the iceberg. They're so tip of the iceberg focused, man. They're focused on you know OBJ or, or what's his name, uh, Odell Beckham and, and Tom Brady. You know, you know touchdowns and Super Bowls. Right. But they right. don't. They don't. Nobody wants to do the work that's under the oh, water man. that nobody sees. So yeah. I think. Well, what, what do you think about that, man? Teaching them to, to love the process again. We love the process. It's the, it's the best part, man. Yesterday, yeah. I, I spoke to about sixty kids, and outside of telling them, "Hey, your number one thing is listening," is is um, trust the process, go through the process, enjoy the process, enjoy it, yes, because you're going to learn from the good, you're going to learn from the bad, from the bad. My pastor down in Austin said, "You got to take some of those good things and throw them in a box, just a little bit of it." The bad things, throw them in the box and lock them because you're going to you're going to have times in sports life on the job or wherever where you're going to have to remember the good times. You know, uh, he was talking about his kids. He said when his kids were effing up, he remembered all the things, some of the good things that they did. And it took some of the pain away from him when it when it when when he looked at his kids. Um, I, I think that as coaches. We got a again. We got a responsibility uh, to do th- things the right way, and and uh, 
Um, if we're not doing things the right way, these kids are not going to learn from it. So I, I spoke to all these kids, man, and I just told them, you, 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 you're going to fail. Enjoy that. And he's like, what you mean? I was like, enjoy that, because if you have the right influence around you, they're going to tell you to pick yourself up, try again and keep moving. If you don't have the right influences around you, you're going to quit. And in sports, you got so many people around you lifting you up because they're going toward the same and common goal. But I said, in life, you're going to have all kinds of people telling you what you can and can't do, uh, 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 that you're not going to be shit, you ain't going to be shit the rest of your life. And I said, don't you ever in your life be one of those people telling yourself what you can't do. You have to surround yourself with the great people and, and then also tell yourself uh, the success that you want. Speak that stuff, write it down, look at it every single day. It is a process and you got to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one of the things I was thinking about too, um, going through school, having coaches at all different levels, I think having different coaches helped too. Like you got, you guys are, you're very educational and motivational. And then you always had that coach was like, you just, you wanted to run through a fucking wall for, you know what I mean? Like you had that coach that was all about, teaching you how to control your rage and it was all about the game. And then you had your coach that was helping you with the house school going, how's the home life, you know, having that balance between coaches, I think is very helpful too, where I think uh, you guys being coaches bounce, bounce each other off well because of the fact that you guys are all different in how you do it. You know, you know, when it comes to coaching, man, I really, I've kind of taken a liking. I noticed that I've taken a liking uh, with the art of coaching. And so what you're saying right now, like I look at the different coaches that I come around uh, and I see what, what they do. What are they doing that the kids gravitate towards that, right? And so what, I, what I've noticed is that I'll start to take a little bit from this coach, a little bit from this coach, a little bit yeah. from that coach and try to implement because, you know, honestly, uh, and I don't know if this is possible, but I'm damn sure going to try to make it possible. But I want to be every one of those coaches that you described, Nick. Yeah. I want to be that coach that, you know, talks about the kid's character. I want to be the coach that asks him about his grades. I want to be the coach that screams and yells at his ass when he does something wrong, right? But I want them, I want to also be that coach that they'll run through the wall for. And that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's an aspect of you uh, knowing your audience. Like I say with police He's officers, a- you can't treat everybody like a damn criminal and then expect them to give you some sort of respect. You have to know your audience. When I deal with these kids, I can look at them and how they walk. I can see their timidness when they, when they shake my hand and it feels like cold lunch meat. You know what I mean? The way they look away yeah. <clears throat> when, they, when they're, when they're talking to you. So what I started doing is I kneel down to these kids when they're, you know, little kids, I kneel down so they can be on my eye level and they're more comfortable with me, call them by their first name. And mm-hmm. then, and then you start, and once they start to trust you, you can start instilling wisdom into these kids. Um, and, and I think that's how they, they, they get to know you, understand where you're coming from. And for me, I can talk to them in this way and then I can flip it on them and go to that straight drill sergeant coach. And it's not a total shock to them because they know that I care about them. They know that I'm not going to harm them. But back in my day, we didn't have that baby shit. Now you have to sugar yeah. and toast everything. Yeah. And this, that's my process. And so far it's working with the teenagers. Hey, man, it's just keeping up with the, with the latest trends. Shoe, shoe game, the newest handshake, the sheesh and all that type of stuff. 
you know, yep. you gotta <laughs> you gotta keep up yep. with them. And 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 when you're doing that, then you can build that relationship and then you can start instilling something in them. But none of these coaches are cookie cutter nowadays. You know, when you listen to them, it's like, uh, yeah, we we you know, we had a good game, we had uh quality plays, we competed at a high level. I can't talk to a coach like that. I can't. I can't be in a locker room and talk to a coach like that. I, he has nothing for me. My coach got to be a preacher. Nick, I Tony remember. Dungy. Yeah, remember when I gave Love I gave Tony a Dungy. I gave a speech in a tunnel. You remember this game? I think we were in the yeah, championship I, game. I, I gave I a almost, speech in the uh, tunnel. I went horse. <laughs> I was fucking jacked. Oh, <laughs> Dre, I, I gave a like, speech. Fuck yeah! I gave I a speech that gave me goosebumps, and that's how I knew I was a coach. Because when I got done speaking, these dudes were out of breath before kickoff, ready to tear down this, the walls going out there. And I the said, that's how first I know three I'm plays of that fucking game were the most <laughs> legit shit that ever fucking happened. Yeah, we went up hey, bro. We went up 21 nothing on the first three plays. The most legit shit I've ever been a part of. And these yep. guys, they brought in pro athletes to come play this fucking arena football team. Like they mm-hmm. had a guy uh, that played for uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens. running back, okay. and we fucking wrecked shop on these people. The very first three plays, offense didn't even get on the field. The defense scored the first three touchdowns, and yeah, it that, was that that loud. probably one of the that's probably one of the uh, best. Moments I lost my fucking mind that oh, day, but dude, <laughs> but man, that's, I that's... screamed so loud that I could smell the blood on my breath. That's how fucking loud I screamed. Like, you got no fucking clue. <laughs> this dude had no fucking chance. Literally everybody on that team got hit the very first play like they ain't never been hit in their fucking life. Yeah, that was... Like, uh, it should have been assault. If we could ever find the film, or we could ever find the film of that game, that, 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 that would be an ESPN classic right there, man. Bro. You don't bring in uh, uh, NFL players just to play us, uh, you know. And then get fucking <laughs> waxed. Like I said, the first three plays, our offense didn't step on the field yet, and we, I, I took it as disrespect. Talking shit, okay, bitch. You ain't got – the best thing about that is we were playing arena football. You ain't got nowhere to go if you're an offensive player. You are getting touched. I love how Nick is. He's uh, so passionate about the times in sports, man, those memories. I love are, it, yeah. man. It's like you got to think about it, though. I mean, that's some of people's – their their best part of their life man like the highlight of our life you know i mean i played baseball and i played at a low rookie ball it was pro but it was rookie ball i never made it to double a but i did it and it was the best part of my life yeah it really was like it was my all-time and i wish i hadn't got hurt whatever i can't you know i can't do nothing about it my body didn't hold up but you know what I don't regret a fucking thing. It was amazing. I met a lot of great people. It, it was the best. That's, like how, I said, that's, how, that's best how I met Dre life. is through, through sports and fitness. He was walking around the gym and I'm making it sound like it's old feminine type thing, man. He had a, he had a, he had a dope haircut and I had been walking around looking scraggly as hell. I asked him where he got his haircut. Next thing you know, we at the house cooking barbecue, kicking it with the families and things like that. And as we've been friends ever since, let me just, can, can we just, leave out the part that you guys were talking about your fucking hair like that's just that's a part of that's I a mean, part of the culture of like, sports yeah dudes like crispy hair too man you act like that's a feminine thing man 
No, if a dude got a yeah. clean cut, man, and, and I okay, like it, I right? guess it's, Dre, I think it's different with white guys. You don't, you don't, you can't come up to them and be like, "Hey, where'd you get your hair done? Get your hair done, dude." I guess. Which salon man. did you go through? Hey, dog. Hey, salon. Dog. Nobody goes to a fucking salon. I got yeah, my hair cut for ten years in a basement. What <laughs> DJ? Hey, look. Ten bucks. Hey. <laughs> best, the best lineup like you'll ever get. Hey, ten look, bucks. Listen, like your cut, you, G. You got all. You got all. Uh, you know, emotional about that. So I figured, you know, you were in a salon. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here getting a permanent. Did you just say a permanent? Did you spend, you yeah, said the whole damn right a permanent the whole thing, man. Hey, bro, hey, it's a, it's called a perm. Hey, you have you ever wow. watched uh hey, have you ever watched the uh, the due date? No. With Zach Galvanakis? It, hell no. Oh, he, bro. I, I don't like I don't think that's it, it, Fuck off. He, that movie's it, funny. Jamie Foxx in that movie. The, uh ain't Zach uh ain't he a Kappa or something, man? I heard he was he, a Kappa or Alpha. Yeah, yeah, I heard he was frat, man. <laughs> Galifianakis? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, I don't. No I don't shit, watch dude. very much of him. I don't. Yeah. You need to. You need to watch Due Date. Is that the one where he's in the back of the truck and he hits? Fuck the yes. Okay. That's yes. With Robert Downey Jr. Ain't it? Yes, yeah. Robert Downey okay. Jr. and Jamie Foxx. That's Jamie Foxx picked him up and he hit all the manholes. He's like, yeah, is that a manhole? I remember that movie. It. Floor it. <laughs> oh God! And he called it a permanent. That's what he called his hair a permanent. <laughs> That you never in life have I ever heard it called a permanent. That shit is oh, hilarious. Shit. Yeah, that's it's a, a permanent. Great movie. I don't it's even permanent. know where the hell. I don't even know where the hell. We, what were we talking about, man? Who knows? Dead rabbit hole. We, we were just talking about TV. you guys. We were talking about you guys commenting oh, each other ever so. It's gently part. It's part of the culture. Um, hairstyles. Hair really pretty today. No hairstyles. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at who's. Look at my son's hair. It's it influences. It's like it's like Allen Iverson when he came into the league. I think that's the baggy shorts and the, and the tattoos and stuff. You know, yeah, haircuts is part of the culture. What's the white the cat flash, to play man. for the? Um, yeah, the to play basketball for Cleveland. Hot chocolate, Jason Williams. Oh, yeah, no, not Jason Williams. The other cat. He had all the tattoos and the spiked hair. Are you a basketball? Oh, Birdman. 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 Yeah. What's his name? Chris. Yeah, Chris. Something. Chris something. Yeah, yeah. He's Birdman. So, yeah, that's just the culture of sports. But, man, the reason we wanted to talk and have these conversations, man, is just we wanted to talk locker room talk, talk about sports, uh, how how sports has has changed our lives, what the influences that have been in my life in our lives. And I'll just kind of recap myself, man. I've met some of the best people uh, in the world. These these guys that are on this microphone tonight are my best friends. I can talk to them about anything and any time and. And, you, you know, usually if it's outside of money, we got each other's back. Um, but, but, <laughs> but outside of that, man, sports has played major roles in my life. Everything that I do in that, down to training the kids came from the aspect of sports. And what that brought me was uh, the competitive nature, always to learn how to compete in life no matter what, uh, how to struggle, how to fail, how to fail often. And a losing record will do that to you. But the things that you learn from winning and looking across the, the way – and learning how to be humble because, you know, a few weeks ago you were on that side of losing and you knew how it felt, but you didn't want to rub it in. Those are the type of things that it instilled in me. And that's why I teach my kids, Hey man, you got to play a sport. It'll change your life. You know? And I want to tell everybody that all the kids that it'll change your life if you just get involved. So nice. uh, jump on that, man. What, what let's recap on y'all. Go ahead, Dre. Mm. When you talk about that uh, failure, man, 
I think about one of Kobe's quotes, man. It was one of, I can't remember the dude's name, but he was a guard for Portland. And he went 0 for 9 in one of the games. Kobe was watching it. This reporter was talking about it. And, you know, so they were talking about it. And Kobe turned around and said, I would rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9. He said, well, why? He said, because if I went, if I only went 0 for 9, then that tells me that I lost belief in my skill. I lost belief in the process that, that I sweated blood and tears for to get to that point. So if I went 0 for 30, then that means that I didn't give up on myself. So I think about that when you talk about failure, because I'm all for resilience and mental toughness, man. And I think that's what sports brings to people, man. So they can get up and fight another day when they fall on their faces in life. So, yeah, I think about that, man. Boy, look at the John Gruden face that you just gave me when you said that. I'd rather go over. That's, that's, that's my one to be the coldest things I've ever heard. Man, that gave me goosebumps when I read that, bro. That might be the coldest thing I ever heard, man. That's dope. What about you, Nick, man? So he brought up Kobe. And you know me, I wasn't a very big basketball fan, but check this out. You know how you white. I'm, just, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm just not good at it. But think about Kobe, man. Like when he passed away, I cried. Oh, I was at the gun range. I cried about a guy I that put my I gun never down. even met. Just because of what Dre said about the resilience and his, you you gotta admire his passion and his drive and just like, you can learn so much from every kind of sport. That's the cool thing, and what it's done for me, discipline wise, um, emotionally, just all that stuff. It's it's crazy. Think about somebody that you're crying that passed away that you never met. That's how much of an impact he had on your life. I don't know about you guys, but like. I just that, I could I, I I couldn't believe it. That's what sports. That's what sports. Yeah. That's what what they say back in the day. That's what sports do. That's what that's sports that, do, that's man. what they do. Uh, this t- I'm glad you know it was kind of a distraction with COVID, man. It kind of took the fun away from sports, and then we start getting into a lot of the political stuff, man. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, man, the passion, the drive, uh, uh, the determination that these athletes that we watch and our young kids that they watch and get these the influences unity from, too, man. man. Yeah, the unity that they have. This is something that everybody can learn from, man. So if you guys are still uh, worrying about black and white, man, look at the look look at the fox. So sad. Look, look at look at our Marines and, and Army and Navy, and look at how mixed up they are as far as black, white, Hispanic, or whatever. Um, look look at our sports leagues when you have uh, teams that that may have one white kid, but those brothers on the team love him just like like the, like they're, yeah. they're his brother, and vice versa. Uh, sports change the changes the dynamics in our world. So make sure that your kids not only plays football, play basketball, run track, do something, play different sports and learn. And that way you can start gaining good relationships, great friends. Uh, you'll learn discipline. You'll learn so many life lessons just by watching a ball game or participating yeah. in one. So uh, it's fun. Yeah. Sports, sports are incredible, man. So we want to thank you guys for joining us on Mondays over Fridays. We've had about 12 shows uh, I don't. I don't know if you like it. I hope you do. I enjoy if you doing don't, this. Fuck it. Damn, you gonna run them off, man? We trying to retain people, brother. Don't man, run them off. Run them off if they don't like it. <laughs> Wait, we enjoy doing this, man. So if you guys like our content, drop us some emails. Uh, you can check us out at Instagram at Mondays Over Fridays. We have our Facebook Mondays Over Fridays. You can email me at Aaron at Mondays Over Fridays. Uh, also, real quick before we hop out of here, man, we, we have a challenge going on. Uh, 
Dre, tell us about your, your challenge that you have for folks right now. Oh, well, brother, it's called the Summer Squat Challenge. Uh, so basically what we're doing is from, actually we start tomorrow from June 20th to September 22nd. Uh, we're going to be squatted out six days a week. Uh, it's, it's awesome, man. We've got about 40 people that signed up right now, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a community, man. And really what it, what it is, is I started, I started it to do it by myself, but I thought, you know what? Um, I want to do something to challenge myself this summer. Cause you know, summer is man, full of temptations, barbecues, drinking, all of that stuff. So I wanted to do something to challenge myself uh, mentally to commit to something um, and so I figured, you know what, this would be something good that I can invite other people to do. And so that's exactly what I did. So like I said, we have about 40 people that signed up already, um, but we're going to be squatting six days out of the week. We're going to rev it up every week. So towards the end of the challenge, we're going to be doing 100 squats a day. Um, sounds crazy, but look, we're talking about resilience here, right? So uh, I actually closed the registration at seven tonight, but um, I will open it back up for the next two hours. Okay, I'll open it up for the next two hours. Um, you can hit us up on any of those outlets that Aaron just uh, noticed, and uh, I'll get you on. Real easy. It's free. You ain't got to pay nothing. And there you go. We got you all set up. What'd you say, Nate? you women, get out there, get your squats, and get that dumper right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we all about that nice turd cutter. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're going to end season one, Mondays over Fridays. We'll catch y'all here in a few weeks, dropping new shows, dropping new game. We ain't bringing no fake stuff. We only bring the pain. That was a rhyme right there. So anyway, mm. thanks for joining us on Mondays <laughs> over Fridays. We'll holler at you next time. Peace. Shout out Dallas Long. <laughs> <laughs>